Good morning, Gateway. Welcome to our Sunday worship service. I all I hope you all had a good week. If not, it's time to focus our our hearts and minds worshiping God. Please stand if you are able as we sing, Lord, I lift your name on high. Join us. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save. Good morning, Gateway. I hope you're all well. Please just take a moment to greet those around and about you that you haven't greeted this morning. It's been um, a fairly busy weekend for us at Gateway. Uh, This last or this weekend, we've had our Alpha weekend. And um, what I would like to do is maybe next week just get to one or two people who are part of it to just share their experience. I think some just need a bit of time just to kind of still kind of remember or rather work through things that they experienced. And so, but it was a powerful weekend. And then I decided to, to de-stress. So I went for a lovely cycle at about four o'clock. And about 24 kilometers into my ride, my back wheel decided to get a puncture. So I had a lovely walk home. <laughs> but I'm feeling well today. <laughs> <laughs> 
But one thing um, I love about cycling is that it teaches you about life, especially when you're riding trial riding and you're riding in a trial and life is filled with ups and downs and uh, surprises. And the wonderful thing about those surprises and even those ups and downs is that I'm reminded that Jesus is with us, that Jesus loves us, that Jesus gave his life for us, and that he promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us because he is present with us through the Holy Spirit who is with us. So this morning, as we come to worship, I truly welcome you. And if you are a visitor with us this morning, I welcome you and I pray that you will really be blessed as we share together this morning. And um, this morning, I would like to wish Bruce. Bruce, where are you? I saw you. Morning, Bruce. Happy birthday, Bruce. Let's sing a birthday song for Bruce. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Bruce. May God bless you. And then just two notices to bring to your attention. There are quite a number in the finger of the pulse, but I just would like to highlight, please join us on, um, in the evenings at 6 p.m. for our evening service. It's really a, a powerful service where people come into an intimacy with God. Sometimes there are barriers that are built up in our lives, and over the last four weeks, as we have been enjoying the evening service, we have seen God breaking down barriers. We have had some adventures but it truly has been a wonderful time, a, real, a time where there has been an intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so I invite you to join us Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. And then next week we begin our 5M orientation course. It is called 5M because it's making membership much more meaningful. So if you are keen and would like to know a bit more about Gateway and our and would like to be part of our body and want to become a member, please um, join us next week in the counseling room, which is across there, um, on Sunday the 25th from 10.30 to 11.30 to learn a bit more. And um, if you would like to be part of the course, as you just go out on your left-hand side by, the, by that table that's out there um, is a clipboard. And if you can please just put down your names. If you, told, if you tell me, I have a tendency to forget. Uh, so if you can just please put your names down on that list. This morning, can I ask us all to stand as we come to God and as we come to worship and let us begin our time of worship together. We gather today to worship the one who created us. May I ask you to respond? The one who calls us, the one who equips us, the one who loves us without end. With joyful hearts, let us worship God.
for this time that we can freely gather in this house of worship. Lord, we just come to you asking your forgiveness for the sins that we have done. Father, we just pray that you will cleanse us with your precious blood. And as we sing praises to you, Lord, we just pray that it will be acceptable to you. We come here to offer you our hearts, our lives, our minds as we sing the heart of worship.
have saved us, Father. This song that we will sing now, you may be seated. This is a very famous children's song. <laughs> I'm sure you all know it. And through the years, the, the song um, had more words. It is a song about God's love for you and me. That in spite of our sins and unfaithfulness, God loves us. So, if you're someone who hasn't experienced God's love, I hope and I pray that before you leave this house of worship, you will have opened your heart to Jesus and experienced God's love. He loves you. He loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. Let's sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves me.
thank you for loving us, Jesus. And thank you. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the eternal life that you have given to those who have put their trust upon you. And as we prepare our hearts to receive the blessing from your word, Father, I pray that we will empty our minds with all our worries and you will just fill us with that spirit of peace that passes all understanding. Comfort us, Father, with your word. Bless our pastor as he delivers your message to us. And I pray that your word will convict us, will transform us, so that the world will know that you love us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Singing Jesus Loves Me remembers when I remember consciously singing it around about 1974 when I was four years old. <laughs> and um, in those days, Martin Lund was our minister in Newcastle. And uh, as I shared with you last week, when I, when I think of serm- uh, on sermons on hell and fire, hellfire and brimstone, I remember Martin Lund. <laughs> um, but yeah. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus loves us? And so this morning, I would like to share a bit more about that love and how we can respond to his love for us. So please join me this morning as I continue to unlock the kingdom of God. Just a reminder that as you walked in, you probably saw that display. It's a very powerful display. And it reminds us that not only about what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary, but it reminds us that each one of us can be part of his kingdom. And to be part of his kingdom means that we can serve God in his church and in our community. And so I would like you, when you have a moment after the service, just to take a look again at the um, different ministries that we offer at Gateway, just to pray about where you believe God would want you to participate, and then next week, you will have an opportunity to, to sign up. Um, I hear that it's going to be quite a um, groovy, modern technique of signing up, so <laughs> I'll tell you more next week. But uh, I would like to invite you just to come through and to look at, at the display and just to sense where God would want you to serve, to serve Him. Please join me this morning as I read from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, and reading from verses 14 to 30. Matthew, chapter 25, 
verses 14 to 30. I'm reading from the NIV edition. If you'd like to follow on the screen behind me, please do. Or if you have your Bibles or would like to use your handheld device, please do so. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Let us hear the word of God. Again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, The master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and you gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will Be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside 
into the darkness where there will be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. May God bless to us the reading of his word in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Mighty and Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for allowing us to gather this morning around your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that when you spoke about the kingdom, you spoke about it in parable. For Father, it was something that the kingdom of God cannot really be explained in human words. So, Lord, you used parables. You used a story that might have just been a story to some, but for others it was something much deeper, which taught them about our relationship with you, Lord Jesus, that taught us about our value in the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that as we grapple with the parable of the talents, Lord, we pray that through your Holy Spirit that you will speak into our hearts. For Lord, there are elements here of, of joy, but also, Lord, elements of judgment. Lord, there are elements here of faith and of fear. Lord, there are elements that teach us so much of how worthy we are in your kingdom. And so, Lord, teach us this morning to be aware of what your Holy Spirit is saying in our hearts. May we understand our worth, Almighty God. Lord, may we, may we just know how much you value us. And Lord, may we also know how valuable you are to us, Almighty God. For you are worthy of all our praise and worship. And we know, Lord, that we can worship you as we have done this morning through, through music. But, Lord, we also worship you through our lives. We also worship you by offering our lives to you as a living sacrifice. For, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are worthy of our all. And so, Lord, may we once again learn this morning how we can be worthy. How we can glorify your name. And how we can honor your name. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, grant us grace and wisdom now as we come to hear God's word preached to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven seem to be variants of the same idea. A kingdom implies a king. Our king, our king is Jesus. Jesus said his kingdom was not of this world. John 18 verse 36. 
Jesus' authority did not come from humanity. His authority came from God. Luke 22, verse 29. Entrance into the kingdom of God is by a new birth. John 3, verse 5. Repentance. Metanoia, turning away from. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. And the divine call. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 12. We are told to seek the kingdom of God first. Matthew 6, verse 33. And to pray for its arrival. Matthew 6, verse 10. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, verse 17. It is also a future kingdom where full rulership in the actual presence of the King Jesus will occur when He returns to earth. An expression first used by Jesus, although the idea that God reigns is everywhere in the Old Testament, the kingdom of God was the most frequent topic in the teaching of Jesus. His very first words were, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. And then the kingdom of God did come. When he died on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. The kingdom of God is here. But not yet. It expresses, the kingdom of God expresses the truth that God is a great God who does what he wills in human affairs. He wills to save people through the life. Death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. There is a modern theology today that cannot accept these words. They cannot accept that Jesus died. They say it's too cruel that the Father would allow His Son to die in such a way. They cannot believe that God can move supernaturally and that He can raise the dead to life. And they cannot believe that Jesus would ascend to heaven. But this is the core of our faith as Christians. That Jesus Christ was crucified, that he died, and that he rose again from the dead. Amen? In one sense, the kingdom of God is a present reality. People enter it now, Matthew 21, verse 31. In another sense, it is the future, Matthew 16, verse 28. God's control is plain in both aspects, and in the end, His sovereign will will be perfectly done. 1 Corinthians 15, 28. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, wants us to participate in His kingdom through our stewardship. If you want to see the kingdom of God as a reality in your life, 
You have to serve God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No matter how big or how small your role will be, you are serving in the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ has invested in our life through his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. I don't know how many of you have seen The Passion. A couple of years now, but it was a very powerful movie for me. I remember walking out there very traumatized. (laughs) But I can tell you that when Jesus was crucified, when he died, it wasn't a pretty, pretty picture. Not like these paintings we have from the Middle Ages or sometimes even um, on these modern photographs. It was, it was terrible. Jesus invested his body and his blood for us. He gave his everything for you and for me. And every day God is willing to gift and bless us with finances, resources, talents, gifts, and abilities. You and I, we, need to buy into his kingdom with intent by using these finances, resources, talents, gifts, and abilities. I don't know if you've noticed, but the word intent there, I've put in capital letters. It's not something that comes naturally to us. As human beings, we just want and want and want. Go into PA, go into CNA, go into Kumbooks, go into every single bookshop that you know of, and you will find a section there about self help, and you will see that every book there tells you about how you can make more for yourself. But if I read the Bible, it's not about how much I can get out of it. It's how much I can give. When God created the world, did he make it for himself? He made it for his glory, but yet he was prepared to share it and is prepared to share it with us. Isn't that wonderful? God has given so much. And then when humanity made a great gemos, when we messed it up, God could have said, oh, well, okay, that was not a good idea. Let's put an X here and just put it under the rug. (laughs) No. In Genesis 3, after man or humanity had given in to sin, God decided to kick Adam and Eve out the garden, but he had another plan. And then you skip a few chapters and you get to Genesis 12, and it says that God called a man Abraham. He was ancient. Okay, well, his story starts when he's about 75. And then his wife, Sarah, She was also an old lady. 
And then God says when, 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 Adam, uh, when, when, um, when Abraham is 99 and Sarah is about 98, he says, I will come and visit you next year. Because there were these three men that came to visit him. And he said, next year, this time, I will come and you will be with child. And Sarah was behind the tent and went, <laughs> That's why Isaac is called laughter. Because she laughed at God. <laughs> 99, I'm having a baby. Don't be ridiculous. But yet, what did God do supernaturally? He birthed Isaac. And he said to him in Genesis chapter 12, that out of your seed will come the redemption of the earth. And about 6,000 years, 7,000 years later, Jesus is born. So never laugh at what God's going to do. Sometimes it may sound ridiculous. But God, God's will, God's plan is so different to ours. And that's why I'm telling you this morning that when you bring to God, when you give to God, you need to do it with intent. It's something that you have to do every day. And, and even when you don't feel like doing it, even when you wake up that morning and say, Lord, I've got a headache. I don't really feel like coming to church this morning. Or, Lord, this is too much. I, I, I just, it's not for me. But with intent, give your finances, give your resources, give your talents, give your gifts, and give your abilities to God. I don't want to be like the, like the man in Louis Cheney, in, in Lois Cheney's book, God is No Fool. Once a man said, if I had some extra money, I'd give it to God. But I have just enough to support myself and my family. And the same man said, if I had some extra time, I'd give it to God. But every minute is taken up with my job, my family, my clubs, and what I, and, and what have you every single minute and the same man said if I had a talent I'd give it to God but I have my but I do, but I have no lovely voice I have no special skill I've never been able to lead a group I can't think cleverly or quickly the way I would like to and God was touched and although it was unlike him God Gave that man money, time, and a glorious talent. And when he waited, and waited, and waited. And then after a while, he shrugged his shoulders, and he took all those things right back from the man, the money, the time, and the glorious talent. After a while, <sighs> The man sighed and said, if only I had some of that money back, if I'd given it to God, if only I had some of that time, I'd give it to God. If only I could rediscover that glorious talent, I'd give it to God. And God said, oh, shut up. <laughs> and the man told some of his friends, you know, I'm not sure that I believe in God 
anymore. The parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30, is a powerful illustration by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, calling us to participate in the work of the kingdom of God. The master of this parable is clearly meant to represent Jesus. The servants are Christ followers, similar to the parable. Jesus has also given responsibility to his followers. And similar to the parable, he, the master, has promised to one day return. This parable is often interpreted as a lesson about the importance of wisely using one's God-given talents and resources and not squandering them out out of fear or complacency. It emphasizes the idea that those who are faithful and responsible in using what they've been given will be rewarded, while those who are negligent or fearful will face consequences. Sometimes God will give you one gift and then once you feel quite confident in doing that, God will start giving you more and more. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes we as human beings, we, we like to be caught up and, and make a big show of it, but that's not what Jesus wants to do about it. Jesus wants us to use those gifts so that his kingdom may grow. It's not about a big show. It's actually about a great responsibility. Each gift and talent that we are given by God is a great responsibility. May you be a Bible group leader. May you be a Bible study teacher. May you be a Sunday school teacher uh, or, or children's church teacher. May you be a youth leader. May you be a worship leader. May you even be part of the worship team playing an instrument. Maybe you serve tea or maybe you help um, organize stuff. It's not about me being the big show. But it's about taking responsibility with that gift that God has given you. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. John 14 verse 3. But just because Jesus is physically absent from the earth doesn't mean his followers are given the freedom to sit back and do nothing. Just like the master in the parable, Jesus has entrusted his servants with spreading the gospel. Matthew chapter 28. Forgiving those who have wronged them. Matthew chapter 6. Loving others. John 13. And caring for his church. Being an example to the world. Matthew 14. Feeding the hungry and thirsty. Matthew 25. Caring for the poor, the prisoner and the sick. Matthew 25 again. Being hospitable to foreigners and outsiders. Jesus has made Christians participants in his ministry. They are also stewards of the things Christ values most. It's like a parent handing his child the keys to his car or a boss entrusting the management of his company to his valued employees. 
Chris said he's going to let me use his BMW for the next month. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, just, just joking. Don't worry. <laughs> Jesus has entrusted his followers with his greatest treasures, making them caretakers of his ministry and commissioned ambassadors of his mission. This is an incredible responsibility. One Christ, one Christ followers should take seriously and do with holy intent. Do it with intention. Even as I said, even if you don't feel like doing it, do it. I can tell you over the last 25 years, there's been times when I've woken up on a Sunday and thought, oh no, do I still do I have to see these people again? <laughs> but with intention, no, I'm not talking about you, don't worry. <laughs> but you get up with intention. Because you know you're not serving yourself, you're serving God. Finally, the parable of the talents represent what God has given us, our monetary resources, our callings to positions within the church. Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 16, our natural giftings. Each of these things and many others are given by God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. And the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They are given to use in ways that glorify Him and draw others towards Him. These gifts can be used for the glory of God, administration, apostleship, craftsmanship, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, faith, giving, healing, helping, hospitality, intercessor, intercession, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles. Prophecy, serving, shepherding, teaching, tongues, and interpretation, wisdom. But you may say, but aren't I too old for this? I'm a dinosaur. Well, you know, Jesus used dinosaurs in the Bible. God used a, a young man, they say, in the Bible, but he was actually 75 when he led the Israelites into the promised land. His name was Joshua. And Joshua was roughly about 75 years old. And then God used another dinosaur. And his name was Caleb. And Caleb said, I am going to take out those giants. And he went to Joshua and he said, give me the worst area in this whole of the promised land and I will wipe out those giants. He was a young man of 85. I know there are many of you that want to serve, but are saying, physically, I just cannot do it. Can I ask you, please pray? Prayer is the most powerful weapon the church has. If you can't serve physically, pray. Be our prayer warrior. Your prayers will change Gateway. In the eyes of God, there is no age. Actually, in the Bible, I've been looking for it, and I've really looked hard. I can't find the word retirement. <laughs> My church says I need to retire at 68 or 70, but uh, I don't think the Lord's going to see it that way. <laughs> but that's many years away from now. Um, <clears throat> am I too young to serve the Lord? No ways. I mean, Jesus goes... Jesus is talking and he creates a picnic out of 
out of five loaves and two fishes. Who gave it? It just says a, a, a boy, a little boy. His mother had the foresight to pack him lunch. Bless mothers. <laughs> but it was a little boy that changed the world. There was a young shepherd boy. His name was David. We're not really too sure how old he was. He could have been 12 to 16 years old. And he went one day to, to take some um, provisions to his brother. Thank the Lord for fathers because Jesse was one making sure his sons were fed because they were all in the, in the front row of the uh, Springbok team. And he needed to get them fed. And he arrives there and all these guys are petrified of this giant. And he puts on the king's armor and it just doesn't fit. So he goes down to the stream and takes five stones. I actually saw the other day there that these stones are called something, but I think he just took stones and he looked for them nice smooth stones and he took his sling and he went up to the battle line and here came um, this giant called Goliath and this giant Goliath had his little armor bearer and he walked in front of him with his shield and I'm sure he was like shaking like this. And Goliath threw all kinds of um, insults and eventually David threw that stone, hit him in the, the head yeah, and took his own sword, this giant sword, and chopped his head off. <laughs> it was a young man. One thing I love is we just sang, Jesus loves me, this and no, for the Bible tells me for, so. There's also another adaption, I must find it for you sometime, Riza, but it says there, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. When I'm old and gray, I can still say, Jesus loves me. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I'll find it. But what I'm trying to say is, Jesus loves us. doesn't matter how old or how young we are. When Jesus died on the cross for you and for me, it didn't matter how old or how young we were. Jesus died on the cross because he loves us. He wants to build his kingdom in us. And I want to invite you to share his kingdom, to be part of his kingdom. Using your talents for God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can allow you to be part of the advancing of the kingdom of God, helping others and improving the world around us. God hasn't given up on South Africa. God hasn't given up on his world. But we can't sit back and await that God does something. God has already done something, and you and I are that answer for our nation and for the world. The key difference between spiritual gifts and talents is that we each hold natural talents, but only followers of Christ hold spiritual gifts. Only those who have the Spirit of God can possess these gifts. So those who, can, so those who have rejected Christ and don't have His Spirit don't have spiritual gifts. My friends, God has given each one of you a spiritual gift or gifts. Don't sit, don't sit on them. Use them to grow the kingdom of God. Therefore, my friends, the fifth key to unlocking the kingdom of God is to make use of your God-given talents and spiritual gifts. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we come into your presence this morning, we are so aware of your love for us. 
Oh Lord, you have given us so much. And Lord, it would be my prayer this morning that in response that we may give of ourselves to you through our gifts and talents. And Lord, may we not forget what Jesus has given for us, his body and his blood. And so Lord, we pray that we may participate in the work of your kingdom and that we will open our hearts to you and that we may be used by you to the extension of your kingdom here on earth. We pray this in the wonderful and blessed name of Jesus. Amen. We're now going to be taking up the offering, but I'm going to ask you, while the offering is done, that you just take a moment just to pray and and ask God, how can I participate in the work of your kingdom? Let's bring our offerings to God. stand as the offering is brought before God. Let us pray. Father God, we bless you for the provision that we're about to receive today. We bless you, Father God, that the money will be used for good. We bless you, Father God, for healing all the sick. And we still pray, Father God, that all those that are sick, we bring them forward to you. Anoint them, Father God, with your healing power. Father God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. All the time. Let's worship him by singing the potter's hand. When God save us he called us to serve lord you are the potter and we are the clay
Jesus, we thank you that you have met with us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that in this time of worship, that we have been reminded of your wonderful love for us. 
that you are the potter and we are the clay. And Lord, this morning we offer ourselves to you and pray, Lord, that not only will we continue to experience your love, that we will continue to experience your presence through the Holy Spirit. But Lord, enable each one of us to make a difference this week at home, at work, Lord, wherever we may find ourselves, may we, Lord, share your kingdom. And Lord, may we know that you are God, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for worshipping with us, and see you next Sunday. Have a blessed week, everyone. The elders are here to pray over you. Enjoy the tea and coffee and the fellowship. So take
exercise those two.